was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're going to be talking about how to get AI to do all of our tasks automatically. KD and Nike making this lifetime deal. And can we get the details about that? How to not be a broke creator. This is going to be important, people. And then is it wise to take a break from creating? Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Hey, we're introducing a new term today. I'm going to let you wait so you can actually hear what it is. But anytime there is a new term introduction, y'all got to pay attention. Let's get to it, man. I'm, I'm interested. I don't even know what the term is. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only lets you stream to all platforms, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these other platforms all at once, but it also allows you to do pre-recorded videos, video isolation, audio isolation, has AI features and more, and we're giving a 14-day trial on us if you just go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecamm, that's E-C-A-M-M, and redeem that 14-day trial on us right now. Moose, how are we feeling? Uh, well, it's been a, been a busy week, but good week. Uh, okay. Today was chill. It was raining all day, so it was kind of a, a little bit more of a slow day. Had a good workout. And um, yeah, not much, not much to, uh, not much to cover this week, but it's, it's good. How's, how's okay? How's the baby? Since we, you, you don't have an update, the baby always has updates. Baby, baby always has an update. Baby is, uh, she's growing, man. It's so cool to see her personality unfold, and uh, yeah, she's growing. She's a happy baby. Happy. And we baby. could always count on her smiling. That's for sure. Yeah. How's the yeah, sleep patterns? Ah, be- uh, so night sleep is good. Um, okay. it's crazy because early in the week, Monday and Tuesday, she took these two, three hour naps in the middle of the day. And we were just looking around like, Whoa, we could be ultra productive today. And then the, the rest of the week, she was just like, so every 10 minutes, so what are we, what are we doing? Right, you want to, you want to carry me and stuff? It's like, Oh shoot, it ain't, it ain't the same move. But at night for the most part, at least it's been pretty consistent. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Shout out to the baby. Shout out to the baby. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, updates on the doggy. So, May 19th is supposedly the day. Supposedly the day I get the doggy. Okay. So, we're going to see everybody mm. cross fingers, pray that whole nine. 19th supposed to get the doggy and then uh i just came back from boston uh from an r&b only event which i didn't even know that was such a thing like i seen it uh shout out to jabari uh he flew me out took care of everything was like yo we have a sold out event five thousand people i want you to experience this i want you to see it for yourself I said, cool. Uh, And when I say amazing, like it was like R&B, EDM, whole show situation. Right. They had they had the sparks. They had the confetti. They had interaction with like getting the people to vote what song is going to be next. Uh, A really good uh, vibe between Bridging the gap as far as, you know, old school uh, R&B and new school and who's in the building. 
it was a real like I, just to go to a place and just listen to R and B. I didn't think that was a thing, but it is. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing thing, and and you know, I had to get more of the details as far as like, okay, how many years you've been doing this? Five years. Like, how are you getting people to know? He's saying, yo, our email list is strong. Like we, we concentrated on building that up, not necessarily the social media, but the email list so that when we drop, it sells out in an hour or so each time. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk about that. Um, And and we kind of talk about it hint uh, in this podcast. So, so continue to listen, but just 5,000 people is to listen to R and B over an email and maybe a text. Oh no, that yeah. That's so shout out to Jabari and that whole team. Yeah. And I was gonna say that's fire. The the interview I sent you with Usher today, he was talking about his main thing is to try and keep R and B alive now. So it's it's dope that that thing that even proves proves more to the concept of that show. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was a great, 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 great show. But talking about show, let's get into this episode. So of course you know we got what's popping and what's popping is uh sponsored by deeper than the brand okay deeper than the brand is the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand grow social media presence and build digital wealth go to deeper than the brand.com please and thank you okay please and thank you so we're gonna stick with this ai topic and you've probably heard about Auto GPT, baby AGI, and what exactly is this thing, right? So with the rise of chat GPT, GPT-4, now we're starting to see different programs, different coding that is actually going to allow you to push out different uh, agents, like auto agents that will Take what you want from a goal. Let me, I'm giving you $100. Give me a great startup and how to launch that. We'll take a task and we'll actually do it for you. Now, the two top ones that everybody is talking about is Agent GPT and God Mode. Now, they do have Auto GPT, but you have to have a PC. And you kind of have to know a little bit of coding. It's like it has Python, all this stuff, right? So for a more user-friendly situation, you got Agent GPT and God Mode where you will put your, and if this goes over people's heads, just follow me real quick. You have to put your uh, open API, oh, open API, uh, open AI, API, say that five times, that's hard, right? Uh, inside of either agent GPT or God mode and you put in a task and it will do it for you. Right. And quote unquote, do it for you. Meaning it will write it out. It will do some task. So like I was in God mode and I said, Hey, uh, look up some of the latest interviews from influencers that may be talking about branding or content. Right. And you can see it actually doing these different tasks from checking out interviews from Kim Kardashian to The Rock. And and, and so it it was pretty interesting that they gave you a few links to go check out as far as that. Agent uh, GPT, I said, hey, I want to start. I said, Instagram GPT. and labeled it that. And I said, hey, I want to start a new Instagram uh, page that talks about a dog. Cause y'all know I'm on this whole dog thing talks about a dog. And how do I grow that into 10 K, uh, in six months. Right. And it gave me a whole plan of how to do that. Uh, talk about 
reaching out to influencers, talking about a content plan, giving out the whole mission statement. So we're seeing how it goes from us doing some of the prompt engineering when it comes to ChatGPT to now where we don't have to know the prompts. Auto GPT is going to be able to do that more in detail down the line. This is just kind of a preview of what it could do. I think it's pretty dope. I think it tells us where AI is going as far as, you know, the possibilities. But if you want to try that out, uh, we will have the links in our show notes and descriptions so you could try it out. You could try it out for free. Um, The best way is to have your API key. That's why I did mention it. But with Agent GPT, you could just try it out just to see how it is. I think it's pretty dope. I think each and every single week, now, now AutoGPT has been talked about for a few weeks, but each and every single week, we're seeing AI continuously grow, and I think that's amazing. Hey, we saw, we saw Elon at the White House, I think it was, talking with officials about AI in the economy, so... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that impacts the conversation, man. I think it's so cool to be an entrepreneur in the world and you get to a point that the government is saying, Hey, come, come on and tell us a little bit about what we should be thinking about as it relates to this for the country. It's bananas, man. That's really awesome. But on the business side, uh, switching gears, I want to cover this again, but from a slightly different lens, because To see it happen more and more consistently, I think it's just getting incredibly amazing to see, but there are a ton of lessons that we can extract from it. So don't get, don't listen to this so much from the lens of, oh, but that will never be me. Just really think about how you can extract some of these lessons and how you can do them maybe on a smaller scale for your business, your brand, and the people that you work with. And then also just stay up to game on what's happening in the industry or in big business, especially when we talk about sports and entertainment. So at the time in which we're recording this, uh, KD signs a lifetime deal with Nike. Now, this is the only, only the third NBA player in history to get a lifetime deal with Nike. The other two were of course, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Now, with the consistency of this happening, a couple of weeks ago, I covered Steph Curry also getting a similar deal, but with Under Armour, the consistency of this happening more and more, I think it shows us how big corporations, especially these shoe companies or just sport uh, uh, merchandising companies in general, are starting to see that you just can't utilize your greatest talent from an influencer and marketing campaign standpoint, right? You're going to have to bring them on as key stakeholders, give them a position and ownership in the business because they are contributing massive contributions to what you're doing, what the company is doing, right? So we're seeing this starting to happen more and more. Now, anytime you hear the word lifetime deal and you hear the words undisclosed amount, that typically means a whole lot of money, right? We know that LeBron's deal was worth a, a billion dollars, roughly. Uh, we know Steph got somewhere north of 400 million with ownership rights and some of these other things. Again, that could equal a ton of money. So you have to expect the same thing here. But the key thing that I want us to think about, number one, if you still think that the only people who get paid in the creator economy are the loud, extroverted, uh, big personality type people, you are very wrong. Kevin Durant has to be one of the most chill, laid back type of personalities that you've ever seen. He wants no problems with nobody. When the issues went down at Golden State, my man packed his bags and left the team, just went elsewhere. He's super like easygoing and nonchalant. But at the end of the day, he's still getting these same opportunities that put him in the same conversation with a Michael Jordan and a LeBron James. So you have to think about it from that standpoint. This is this should be more and more enticing and encouraging for you to just simply be you. Whoever that is, like whatever, whatever makes up your personality, just be that. And the more you can mirror your voice off camera and translate that on camera, 
I think your chances for success are going to significantly increase. For the business owners out there, please lock down your talent. You understand that part of taking care of your people actually helps you to stay competitive in the marketplace, not for the fact that they are still on your team. That's part of it. It's the obvious reason, but also for the fact that these people are not playing for somebody else. Right. That's another way that you stay competitive in the marketplace. You don't want to give your best assets, in this case, human capital to the competitor because you were trying to be cheap with your talent. So for business owners out there, if you have a team, take care of your people. I know we're, we're looking at AI and we're saying, hey, this could replace a whole lot of people and a whole lot of things. But don't be cheap with your with your with your talent, not not the A players, at least, you know, take care of your people. Hmm. What was it? Uh, CJ said something like, make sure you feed your horses. Like, your A players, you got to make sure they're good and fed. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I just up. still want to know how much he made. That'd be great. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, can we, can, we, can we get goals, <laughs> KD? Can we get goals out there? But that's fine. That's fine. Some some people are just private. Stop knowing all. Stop counting my pockets. So mm -hmm. shout out to KD. But we got a new creator of the week, and this one, uh, he has some of the best AI content, social media content uh, out there now. He has been super consistent. Um, and of course I'm talking about, you may not know, but we're very familiar with, uh, Roberto. I think his name is Nixon, Roberto Nixon. Okay. Uh, and we've actually, I believe played maybe a clip or two from him before in our podcast. We have two clips today from him, but, uh, the way that he is, giving value in the AI space, but as well as using that formula to then bring awareness to his own platform, because he did create an AI platform is amazing. So this is just a, a listen or a view of how his content looks and here and sounds. Short form video content is still king, but I think that changes this year. Let me explain. So a few months back, I decided to go all in with short form video content, not only because platforms are pushing it, but because the same clip can be posted across several different platforms at once and that repurposing helps with scale. What I'm seeing is that a shift is gonna be happening this year. Instagram just got rid of their reels bonus and they're beginning to reprioritize photo and carousel content. TikTok is now pushing longer content and they're putting more weight on a minute plus long videos. And we've seen the data on YouTube that while creators are getting their views and impressions drastically up through shorts, their watch time and revenue have actually taken a big hit. Why? Well, mostly it's harder for these platforms to make money. Like who's going to watch a 30 second ad for a 15 second short? A and B, that ever important relationship with your audience, you know, that building of community isn't as robust the quick hits. Now, short form video content is obviously not going anywhere, but I think 2023, there's an opportunity to really reshift focus on long form through the end of this year and into 2024. You know, content that can sort of then break down into a bunch of different little bite-sized snackable mini clips that can then shift attention to the long form. At least this is my thesis. Let me know what you're thinking in the comments below. And that's just a sample of mm -hmm. kind of his storytelling, value giving, um, and from those who are watching the the episode, some of his visuals. And this is what he does on a consistent basis. Uh, I love the content. Moose, I believe you appreciate the content too. Yeah. Love uh, it. So we had to give the creator of the week to Roberto. I don't know yeah. why I got spaghetti no, off of that. The, I think it's the mixture of the storytelling mixed in with the value. It's like done yeah. a really good job of it. The editing is fire too. Yeah, this is this is yeah. a fact. This is a fact. Yeah. But let's get into our favorite part of the episode, which is the blueprint. Okay, now uh, on this podcast and majority of the episodes that we talk about, 
we we really highlight influencers who are now really we don't even call them influencers anymore. We just really call them content creators. Right. And with the talk about recession, with the what happened with the pandemic, like, is there still an importance of content creators with so much competition, with so many things that are happening, is there still a true need of content creators? If so, how do we not stay broke as a content creator? How do we actually monetize our creativity, our passion, uh, our likes, and maybe some of our dislikes? So we were watching Sean Kennel talk about, you know, is there still a need of content? You know, is, is content dying? Um, we were also looking at Roberto as far as like, is there a, a new rise of content creators? And so this is what they said interviewed Patrick Bet David in Miami recently, I said, what are your tips going into a recession? He goes, oh, well, for content creators, this is an opportunity. He's like, some industries, they might get crushed. But content creators, it's the most recession-proof business model. When restaurants got shut down during the lockdowns, content consumption went up. When people are on hard times, viewing content goes up. Just along with alcohol sales, entertainment actually does not go down. Are people gonna still watch content? The answer is yes. So he's saying, yes, we're still going to be watching a lot of content, but can content creators really make money off of this? This is Chamath Palihapitiya. He's a billionaire who helped scale Facebook to a billion users. And recently he gave his prediction for the next evolution of social media. See, Chamath believes that content creators will be the billionaires of the future. And I'm going to tell you why he believes this and why you should start creating content. Chamath describes a tier system, meaning when you think about it, the first wave were the platforms, Apple, Google phones. They were the ones that attracted billions of users and captured trillions of dollars in value. The second wave were the apps, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, etc. Again, billions of users and trillions of dollars in value captured. But the third wave is the content creators. They are the ones building businesses on top of these platforms. So this decade, it's the same thing. You got creators like Mr. Beast, Nelk Boys, Joe Rogan, Arak, Hormozzi, Lele Pons, Gary Vee, Zach Kings, the Demilios. The list goes on and on and on. These creators are the ones that are now going to be accruing the billions of followers and capturing trillions of dollars for themselves in the process. And that's all in dandy. That's fine. That's amazing. Now, as content creators, based off these two, we must create. Okay? We're going to create content. And we may have a viral moment. If we stay consistent, we continue to do what we do. Are we making it? Are we considered made when we have that viral moment? Well, Pretty V actually experienced something different, and she talked about it on Cam Newton's uh, podcast. So let's hear that. My best friend, Anika, she, you know, recorded me, boom, went gone. Baller alert, shade room, all the blogs. Mm -hmm. Still broke. Still trying to figure it out, though. Rent will still do. Right. Get viral, but you still broke. Mm -hmm. Get viral, but you still don't, still trying to figure it out in your mind. Right. So um, I did all that, and um, that was the moment where I got viral. And after that, I was like, okay, how can I keep this momentum going? So for this episode, for this segment, I really just want to talk about how can we avoid being broke as creators in in this day and age, I think the problem isn't necessarily creating. I think it is figuring out the different ways to monetize, the different ways to actually make a living, make different businesses from it. And I know as being a content creator, you know, we concentrate on the creation. Like, okay, boom, this is this is where I could be a YouTuber. This is where, and we get very caught up in maybe allowing 
putting too much weight on the platforms to pay us, right? But I think the conversation I want to have, and I, I love that uh, I have Moose with me to talk about this, because there are different ways that we can monetize that maybe we just don't really speak about or people just don't really know about because content creators are just so focused on the creating part and the passion part. So mm -hmm. Moose, mm -hmm. like when you hear the push of, okay, this is the best time to be a content creator, but what we don't really hear too much Unless we go into these interviews or unless you listen to Nikki and Moose, I mean, um, right. you don't hear the business side of it. You don't hear how we could really the breakdown of making money from this. So I, I would love your take on on those three clips that we played. No, for sure. And I mean, I think as you see the progression of what's being talked about, the new term that I was saying, by the way, on the intro is surviving a creator recession, right? Or a content creator recession. I've never heard it being talked about in that light because it's we've heard content creation or creatives in one light and then recession as it relates to finances and the economy, but never the two together where we say, OK, what happens when these influencers or the platforms change their algorithms and monetization methods, and the creatives are now going through their own personal recession, similar to what Pretty V was saying there, your bills at the end of the month still come knocking whether or not you have been creative or not. So that's a different circumstance altogether. But I think for the everyday listeners or the majority of people that maybe let's say the 95% of the world who may not amass the billions of followers, but are still flirting and can be incredibly successful with 10,000 to even a couple of hundred thousand followers or just people online within their community. The big thing that you're going to have to overcome before getting to the monetization piece is the mindset and the education gap. I think still there's a ton of people who are caught up in being liked. We literally just had some guests over today and someone I was talking to is incredibly knowledge, knowledgeable about a particular space. I don't want to air too much of the business out. I'll speak in these very general knowledges just to extract the example, but incredibly knowledgeable said listening to her talk. And I'm saying, and you have this, why don't you start a podcast? I think that's a great way for you to do something long form, repurpose that onto other platforms like TikTok and Instagram with short form content and drive traffic and leads to your business or your private practice. And the idea there is, oh, yeah, but what if they don't like it? I see that as a mindset gap. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe it is an education gap and saying like, oh, I didn't know that that's how it works, where content can then be used in this format. And we can break that a little bit further break that down a little bit further, you and I, but I just can't get over the mindset piece because that's always the first stop. It's usually our perception of what we think we are or how much better others are than us that don't allow us to even get in the game of saying, okay, now how can I monetize this? You don't get off the sidelines to put yourself in a space where you can compete because you're still caught up in battling with self. You know, and when we've talked about it openly throughout different parts of this podcast where each of us have gone through those battles privately or publicly and have gotten out on the other side. So I have to I just can't skate, skate over that part and say the way you think about content and just the digital world in general that the minds, your, your mindset and your mentality around it is going to be the first hurdle that you have to overcome to put yourself in a space to now say, all right, how can I still survive this content recession or this creator recession? So I got to say it starts there. Okay. Well, where else does it go though? I, th Education? I, I think for me, I'm like, I just didn't want to go on a, I just didn't want to go on a tangent, but then the next piece of course is going to be the education piece. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's, it's the general and fundamental business knowledge around what am I here really to do? Am I a content creator and an influencer who is going to monetize my creativity and my influence with my audience? And I specialize in establishing brand partnerships or partnerships with businesses in general and I sell their products to my audience. I profit off of 
the amounts that I sell. I get free products in exchange. Is that the business model for you? Are you a content creator? And you have to differentiate between that. Or are you a business person or a business owner? Doesn't matter if you're selling products. Doesn't matter if you offer a service. It doesn't matter if you have a physical location, which is call it an experience or whatever the case may be. Or are you a business person who's looking to drive traffic and attention to your business by utilizing content and social media? So I think the very first step has to be we as creatives, because I think creatives can be in both sides. You have to define which route is best for you. Because the, the being in the business route, but acting as a content creator or an influencer, let's just say that, I think that term probably better suits it. Being a business person acting like an influencer, you start to see that your audience becomes confused because they're saying, okay, I don't, I don't understand the lifestyle, but the business, into, so which one is, it creates confusion. So part of the education gap is just knowing what are your options? And in the online space, it's those two things. You're either an influencer or you're a business person and you have to think about how do I drive traffic to my business utilizing content and social media? Our creator of the week does a phenomenal job of that. Click the link, listen to this episode first, but go check out his page <laughs> at some point. And I want you to just binge on his content and see in some of, some of his pieces where he at the end, after giving you very genuine, valuable information about the space, he's then pitching his own product. This is someone who understands, yes, I'm a creative, but I'm not an influencer, meaning I'm not here to utilize the platform as a way to build an audience so that I can build partnerships with brands and then sell those brands as products to my audience. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Mm -hmm. My sole purpose of being on this platform is to drive my focus to how can I deliver value, build an authentic relationship with people online, so that I can then let them know about my business. Right. And those people, when you fail to, to fall in either one of those buckets or operate according to, say, the, the, the foundations or the fundamentals in each of those, each of those tiers, yeah, you're going to experience a recession. Mm. I, I agree there's, there's two different kinds. And, you know, I, I would like to address more of the uh, I would say influencer content, content creator situation, mm -hmm. because nine out of 10 times we may not come in with a product service, a business of any sense. Right. Um, especially those who are just starting out in this, like, yo, okay, I, I'm going to take content creation serious. Now uh, I've, I've learned that there still has to be somewhat of a, I'll say a hustle to make the money for bigger situations. Meaning, so if we are starting out as the content creators, as, um, you know, both of them had, had talked about from Sean and, and Roberto, we have to look at some of the successful ones like Mr. Beast, where he then takes from affiliate marketing, uh, AdSense, and start taking the money that he makes from content creation to build and, and diversify his portfolio as far as different businesses, different other creations that he can do. So you may start off as, you know what, let me do, let me create for this brand real quick. Let me do an affiliate marketing. Let me join Amazon affiliates and, and start doing those different types of things. Let me get in certain brand ears for maybe a possible brand sponsorship, right? Um, and then taking that to then later on do other ventures. That's, that's one way, right? Now, the... Another thing to, to think about if you are going that route and which has been a huge, I wouldn't say trend, but definitely topic that we've gone over. We've even gone over it a bit or well, quite a bit last episode is community where we are seeing because of the time that we're in right now, 
that brands aren't necessarily dishing out the money that they used to. AdSense is starting to go down. Instagram is uh, taking away different features that normally monetize, we're able to monetize from. Where if we are growing our community, then we can do things like sell exclusive content to them, sell merch to them, sell different live experiences or virtual experiences to be able to nurture the relationship between us and the, and the people. What are different ways to stay creative with the connection that we have, right? I will always take what Nipsey says and how do we get creative with the connection? This is where a lot of content creators money can really come from. And it doesn't necessarily take a big audience to do that. Now, of course, going back to what Moose said from, you know, you being the business owner, then creating content where I'm not relying on AdSense. I'm not relying on any of these platforms. I'm not relying on affiliate marketing. I'm not talking about no other brand besides my own brand, right? Now we're getting into how do we become the leading expert of our particular market and then directing them back with each time to our stuff. So another creator of the week that we've gone over that does this amazing is Justin Phillips, where he will break down everything of anything e-com wise and then say, hey, I'm giving more of this on my webinar. Go to the link in my bio to, to sign up, right? Though he is talking about other brands, he is still controlling the income that he gets by promoting his own webinar, his own stuff, his own gear. And I'm, I'm more now into how do we, in, in the sense of not giving so much control to the platforms, how do we take more control from a content creator standpoint and from a business owner standpoint? From a content creator standpoint, to take more ownership of how our money is coming in is going to be community. When it comes to a business owner, it's about always a call to action to our products and our services. Yes, creating content and those viral moments are cool and great, but it's only for vanity metrics at the same time. The real core thing is the engagement that you're getting with the people. It is those conversions that you're getting from the people who follow you. It's not necessarily, okay, I got views and everything like that. That, that could be a strategy as we're working with different brands and, and that whole nine. But that's almost, I feel, as if it is a proving standpoint. Hey, look at me. Look at what I could do. And this is some of the stuff that I can do for you. Mm -hmm. So you're always pitching where to a community, you don't have to pitch. To your own products and services, you don't have to pitch, right? Well, to your, to your community, you have to pitch. But I mean, to anybody else, as far as different brands to put you on, I think this is where content creators and just people who are creating content need to just understand the different levels of I'm, I'm either promoting my products or services or I'm doing this for my community or at a certain point, I am promoting other people's stuff. I am so I can gather this income to then do other things like, uh, you know, a, a burger spot a pizza spot, um, you know, uh, uh, an event and, and th things like that. How are we getting creative with the connection? That's right. That's right. No, you, you, you hit it on the head at, at, at some point, 
And, and I don't think it, it only has to be a select group of people that do both of those. As you mentioned mm-hmm. with Mr. Beast, he's on a, I mean, I still think one of the most impressive things and probably the, the only time I've ever heard it, you have such a loyal community that when you build a business, they were saying, and I, I might've mentioned this once before, but his followers go to stores where his products, his products are in and mm-hmm. they restock the shelves. Yes. They want to make sure that you are you are seeing his product in the best light. I mean, that is unheard of. I've never seen anyone walk to a supermarket and say, oh, let me restock the shelves right here for this this Wonder Bread or this Enderman's cake. I've never seen that happen. So imagine you have such a loyal community that people are going to the stores and working for you technically for free, in addition to doing all the word of mouth marketing. So it doesn't have to be the mega creators that graduate to the space where they do both which is the influencer content creation and community, as well as driving traffic to the businesses we're talking about. And then going into, let's call it blue collar business or everyday business or even traditional business as we've thought about it before and, and see them dominate that space as well. I think there's, a, there's people listening to this podcast right now who have the opportunity to run that same exact model, maybe not on a significantly big scale where he started off with a franchise and then you have all of this, obviously resources and and manpower behind you to go ahead and take that to scale. But you can take something offline and start building a portfolio of businesses that protect you against the potential recession in the event that anything happens. I mean, there is no telling the interview that we watched today where it's talking about just what can still happen in the space of social media so that we can take away a lot of the criticism and harshness that also still happens on the platform. There's no telling what will happen with the platforms in the next three to five years. There's just literally, you just never know. There's no way in 2010, you would have told me Instagram would have charged. And I would have, that wasn't even a thought. Like, no, it's always going to be free. I mean, that's the point of it. That's that's a fact. Now, um, going into how creators shouldn't depend solely on everything on social media. Yes, we are here to build social media following and to have a tool for brand awareness. It could all go away. Our stuff could get hacked. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube can say you're breaking community uh, guidelines and can get rid of your page, your content in a matter of seconds. Now, Sean, Sean Kennel was very open about when he got hacked as far as Think Media Podcast YouTube channel got hacked and what actually saved him from not losing any kind of money. We had two-factor on. It was probably cookie hijacking. It was Tesla official or Tesla CEO where they start streaming Elon Musk to, to scam crypto. They used a Google Titan key on their end as soon as they got our, us out of it. So then it was like they were the ones that had the authority. And then for 10 days, our ad revenue went to zero. We couldn't upload, obviously. And, and uh, one, grateful it wasn't our main channel. Two, big wake-up call. Three, I was still able to sleep good at night because of A, our email list, our actual business, mm. diversification of our brand. Mm-hmm. It is so scary and it's such a violation. So here's here's where I want to go about this. And we've talked about a little bit of this on our Nikki and Moose live show, where how are we building in to build out? I think most slept on thing, and even for us, um, we've been very intentional with growing it in the past couple of months, but uh, an email list. An email list is super crucial. And for those people who haven't started building an email list, go look into ConvertKit, right? I'll put the, the link into the show notes in the description. Go look into ConvertKit. Very simple, user-friendly, great user interface, but it will allow you to 
set up a landing page in a matter of seconds, be able to do a tip jar. Shout out to those people who, who give us tips in our email list. Um, so you're able to monetize right then and there through your email, be able to capture the email through landing pages, and then you're able to set up automations uh, as far as different sequences. I'm bringing this up because we have to have control of our audience. Are we looking into tools? Are we looking into different ways to have more ownership of our audience than necessarily allowing social media to have so much control? Though we may be proud of like, oh, I got 10,000 followers, 100K followers, so many subscribers in in that whole nine, so many downloads when we're talking about podcasting, but do we own that audience? Do we have their information? If one of that of those things were to go down, are you in trouble and not having any type of communication with your audience? And, and, and I'm saying communication, just even just a, a talking standpoint, but this does really stop your money. I, mm-hmm. I bring up um, the R&B only event again because one of their major ways of how they are selling out, as I said earlier, was through their email list. It wasn't necessarily from social media, though their social media presence is uh, impressive. It's not because of the owner uh, Jabari's uh, email, uh, not email, uh, social media following. It's because they are intentional with growing an email list and then being able to drop, hey, uh, new show in North Carolina, new show in New York. And boom, now they have a warm, targeted audience because these are people who actually intended to to know more about you. intentionally wanted to get all the information about you. Now with with social media, we made like one or two things, we'll hit the follow, and then sometimes we just forget. And then the algorithm hits the way it hits. But from everything from email to, to SMS, text messaging, marketing for those people don't know, from uh, your own community, from Circle.so, Mighty Networks, uh, Kajabi. Are we putting things in place to own the audience so we can continue to impact, but also still be able to have a certain business model that we are not starving creators and allowing the not allowing the platforms to feed us, but us to control more of that than ever before? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's important, and we we've touched on this multiple times because it's very important. Where we talk about if you have followers, you're just renting customers, you're yes. renting attention, you're borrowing attention. There's no guarantee that because that people are following you that your business is safe or secure, especially if you're monetizing or one of the main avenues for your business and monetization is through social media. The key, and I've learned this more so over this last six months than maybe any any other time throughout my business career, is to build genuine relationships, is to nurture that email list. Now, one of the mistakes that I just wanna make sure, and this is going in a slightly different direction, maybe even jumping ahead a little bit, one of the mistakes you wanna avoid with building an email list is to only show up in their inbox when you want to sell something. Mm-hmm. Big no-no, big mistake, right? Because just just because they've subscribed to your email list, by the way, they can also unsubscribe. As a matter of fact, Gmail makes it very easy now because oh, yes. at the top of your inbox, it's just like click unsubscribe. Sub- unsubscribe. Yep. Yeah, you don't even unsubscribe. have to go through the whole <laughs> yeah steps of unsubscribing and going through your site to do that. They can simply do it from their inbox and all your stuff will disappear from you know, their, their information moving forward or, mo- or disappear from their inbox moving forward. So make sure to nurture and you'll be surprised through there just by following a simple sequence and taking care and, and showing up consistently. Number one, it builds that brand recognition because 
If you're showing up around the same topic regularly, weekly, especially in someone's inbox, they automatically get you glued in their minds with the thing that you specialize in. And also email has a different effect because I don't, just something about email, I don't know if it makes you more of a, say a, a thought leader or because email is, is written, it has a different level of credibility, but people start to really buy from email than they would online. Online, you're just distracted by so many other things. Email, you can open that up at any moment and when you actually have time, that is, and 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 take action from there. So I, I do want to say that. Make sure you nurture and, and just know that on the other end of that screen, there is an actual human. There's like a, a real person. It's, it's not fake people, by the way. It's like, okay. these are not fake numbers. I know sometimes I look at these numbers like, how do these people? No, it, trust me. These are real people. So build relationships, man. That's another way to actually bulletproof your business is, yeah, we're saying build an email list, but also be good to the people in your DMs. Have genuine conversation with people. Care about them more than just pushing your own agenda all the time. All right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a that's another way so that because guess what? If your account gets hacked and someone sees you in the street, that's still an opportunity for you to make business or build your business because you had a genuine relationship there. So, right. yeah, that's another part that I think is very important. Yeah. And, and for those people who are like, OK, how how do I get people on my email list? Just give something uh, for free. Right. Incentivize them. So whether that is uh, an ebook, a checklist, uh, a video that no one's ever seen, um, you know, exclusive access, however you want to go about it. Find something within your niche that you can give away that you know people will find value of and continue to do that. Give that for free. And then as as they start coming in, start nurturing them and then drop whatever you need to drop. However you want to go about, even if you don't have anything yet, like I said, if you go to ConvertKit, it allows you to do a tip jar and people can uh, then provide as much as they want or as little as they want to that. It allows you also to do digital products there from uh, a one-time payment to a subscription base to even a pay what you want situation. So look into owning your audience because it's important. So we are not broke. Now, uh, last but not least, okay, people, the this or that segment, which is sponsored by the flight assessment. Discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. Go to flightassessment.com. Now, the question that I have when it comes to this or that is should we take a break from creating is it smart with such the demand is such the competition that we have on social media with the influx of all these content creators we talked about is it smart to take a break and uh, Swiss Beats was recently on The Breakfast Club, and he said something about this that I really want to have a conversation about. So let's listen. Felt that once again that it was important for us to take a break and actually organize what we have and un actually understand what we have. Mm -hmm. You know, because things be moving so fast and you, you just so caught up in the matrix and it's all of the hype and, and you missing you leaving so much on the table you missing so many amazing mm -hmm. opportunities to really monetize with what you built and put your time into like mm. moose and i i was just having this conversation today because uh shout out to our guest who came today that just fed me all this content i guess indirectly uh but they were, they asked, they said, oh, do you work every day? And I said, man, I do. I actually do. I, I work every day. 
Uh, not every day, maybe a full day. I'm talking about, you know, eight hour, 10 hour, 12 hour type days, but I'm doing something every single day, seven days a week, doesn't stop. And the question was like, why do you feel you need to, you know, like, why do you feel you need to stay plugged in and all the time and going and locked in and doing stuff? Is it productivity guilt? I said, it might be, but I also feel that it's because I'm starting to see just through my own personal experience, and this is what works for me. So I encourage everyone listening and watching to find out what works for you is that I'm not at a point where I'm sharp and gifted enough in the, in, in the space where I can take time off and come back and not lose a step. Mm -hmm. I need to stay plugged in to keep my same focus and intensity and just tempo overall. And when I'm plugged in and I don't miss a beat, I don't have to come back and then catch up and do all this whole cycle just to get even keel and then see what's to move. But what I am challenging myself to do, I think my break lies in, and this is a little bit unorthodox, but again, it's what's working for me. My break lies in thinking more about the future than worrying about everything that's happening today. Mm. It gives you a little bit of time, right? Okay. When, I, when I jump ahead to the future and I start thinking about, okay, how do I innovate? How do I move differently? How do I make sure that it's unique and better than just what the masses are doing? And how does that continue to scale? How does it reduce stress and preserve or create a better lifestyle? You start to almost buy yourself time just because you're not playing catch up all the time. So that's the only thing I just, for me, I haven't found a way to take a break and not fall behind. So my answer is, okay, stay plugged in, but throughout the process, don't just stay plugged in for the sake of staying plugged in. Meaning you're so present to today. That's all you think about. No, but stay plugged in so that with what you're gathering, you're thinking ahead. And as you get better, by the way, this becomes easier to do. You start to think about, oh, wait, this looks similar to what's happened previously. So I know there's maybe not much opportunity or scale here, or it's going to just recreate something that I don't really want. But this path, this opportunity, this presents a different experience. So let's, let's think about how do we bring that over here? And that's what's creating the pocket of time now where I'm plugged in every day, but not exhausted or tired or that whole thing. So that's my short answer to it. Um, I think it's, important to take breaks from in seasons and what do i mean by that so like there's certain things that like i'm creating that even though i'm very present on social media every single day our youtube channel is very present um everything is is certain consistency there is one or two things that have been created that has been on pause to see how do we further this more? Have I really uh, looked at all the opportunities that I can do? I've done so much creation that I've skipped out on a lot of money because of going in the typical creator route of just creating, 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 creating. And I think in this recent season, uh, there has been one particular thing that I've been really putting a pause on and, and trying to really come up with a, a, a strategy for, uh, for those people who follow me. I did like this small series called Content Therapy. And uh, it was actually a really good hit for people. And I stopped at about seven, seven episodes, right? Seven, seven to eight, something around there. And really sat back to think about, okay, that was a series. This wasn't just one of your normal updates and that whole nine. That was a series that really took some type of creative writing set up that whole nine, how are we going to monetize this? How are we going to get people to look forward to it to now where uh, 
we we brought it back in 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 a small dose on Wednesdays on my IG live calling it content therapy where uh we're now creating a audience for it where people will come on live it'll be like a personal one-on-one my introverts are able to ask questions and I'm taking that data of who will show up, how many people will come in and then figure out how do we expand it into a a season two of the series? How do we take some of the lives and how do we monetize it? How do we make it now a real live show, maybe on, on YouTube? How do we then create a community from it? How do we create merch from it? How do we create uh, virtual and live experiences from it just from a uh, a sample of seven videos that I had created before? So there's nothing wrong with, in, in, in my opinion, taking a break from certain things that you're creating to be able to strategize on it and to come back with intentions. Because I know for me, I can create uh, with the intentions of the audience, but not necessarily with the intentions of monetizing all the time or with the intentions of how can this turn into a business all the time or a certain business model. And now I'm, I'm being intentional with stop leaving coins on the table because you're so creative, because you just want to uh, be present for people. You have that on lock. Being present is not a problem anymore. It is about how do we stay present and how do we get the funds to continue to stay present? Because if not at a certain point, I'm just going to be one of those broke, starving artists, you know, just loving creating content for the people. And now I'm, I'm like, where is this source of money to continue to do what I do online uh, and being able to diversify in different ways uh, with one source gathering that, making another source, gathering that, making another source. So nothing, uh, nothing hiccups. So I'm for the, the creative pause, mm-hmm. uh, for that. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah. Nah, it, it's, it's, how, how did you, how did you overcome that? How did you overcome the part of saying, okay, I'm not going to just, take care of the people without taking care of myself in the process. I can't take care of the people without resources. Mm. So if I want to, and, and this is no offense. Oh my God. There's no offense. I want to start there. No offense, but I don't want to be one of those people that have to rely on social media, uh, from selling courses and all that to make majority of my money. That's right. 100%. I don't I don't want to do that. Um I want I I promise you I need to get it a shirt or whatever. I want to get creative with the connection. I want to be able to show uh look, I have an amazing audience. Uh I have an amazing community and here are the different ways that we're going to be able to monetize it that almost feels more like support than necessarily uh, I'm paying into your riches. It's more of I am contributing to make sure this continues to, to, to go on in higher levels and have the people um, wanting to, for it to increase in, in production and wanting it to increase in uh, different people in that whole nine. So Becoming more community driven, but as well as uh, being intentional with not getting so caught up in the impact. I have that online. I'm, 
I don't have to prove no more on that. Not saying I'm going to slow down, but I have that pretty much on automation. I know exactly what is there to bring brand awareness. And for those people who are listening, be very intentional with what is going to bring you brand awareness. Understand that formula. And so when you need to pull out that card, do it in, in a matter of seconds, right? So I'm very aware of what's going to bring the brand awareness. Uh, so I don't have to chase followers. I don't have to chase engagement. I don't have to chase none of that. But what I have to be intentional with, uh, what are the different sources so I can give better experiences for my community? That's good, Nix. That's good. Yay. So people, we have uh, more conversations coming up in the after show that drops every Wednesday. Uh, so if you are part of Apple Podcasts, go check that out because we're going to be talking about what is the true number that we need to be able to monetize our community and uh, some of the strategies behind that. So go please check out the after show. Uh, Creator Av drops every Friday audio only on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Google Podcast, everywhere, 6 a.m. every Friday. It's really, really good. Uh, if you ever miss our YouTube lives, our Facebook lives every Tuesday, uh, you could catch it on Creator Ave. We give you the best 20 to 25 minutes of that particular episode. And it's fire. So go check that out. Of course, follow us on all social media platforms. But Moose, final words. Yeah, this this one came to me after we did our live Tuesday night, which could be a Creator Ave mm -hmm. episode, hopefully in the near future about imposter syndrome. But this thought came to me after we did that talk. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have said it during the live. So I'm going to say it here. Believe it or not, imposter syndrome is a lot less about you not having the things that you need to have. And it's more about the perspective that you have of other people thinking that they have more than what you have. They struggle with the same exact thing that you struggle with. And the minute you start to realize that everyone is broken, everyone is crazy, everything becomes normal. <laughs>